People, get ready to explore in a way you never have before with the Defender 110. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design, a reimagined exterior, a robust interior, a superior off-road capability. The Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. It has powerful innovations like intuitive driver display. Whether you're headed to uncharted territory or just a weekend of exploration, the Defender 110 is up to the challenge. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Hey, look, I'm sure you take a lot of vitamins. Maybe you take a daily multivitamin. Maybe you take ones to boost your immunity or ones to help with alertness. What about your cells? Are you giving your cells the full nutrition they need, especially as we age? I am, thanks to Solgar. Solgar is part of my daily routine, thanks to their cellular nutrition line. Give yourself a daily collection of nutrients designed to help fight cellular decline and promote cell health. Visit CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more and use promo code MarkMarin, all one word, to get 20% off. Lock the gate! <laughs> all right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. It goes on. It continues to go on. It seems that no matter what is coming down, what kind of shit show is happening, this thing just, it's a, it's a, it's a, a constant. This ship keeps moving every week, two times a week. And you know what? It's been great. I've been enjoying my show lately. I've been enjoying this show lately. There've been a lot of great conversations. That's the one thing that bums me out about this, uh, New strain is people are freaking out, and I don't want to have to go back to Zooms. I will, if that's what people will do, but it's so much better talking to people in person. Although I did I did learn how to do Zoom pretty fucking good, and I got some pretty amazing conversations. You know what? Whatever happens, happens. But uh, the conversation that I'm sharing with you today with Guillermo del Toro was fucking awesome. I mean, there's just been some great talks here, great talks for me, and that means something. I mean, I've done thousands of these, or at least a thousand plus, 1,300, whatever it is. And the last couple of weeks, it's just been lively and invigorating and exciting and engaged. It's very uh, satisfying when that happens because this is my social life. You're, you're witnessing my social life. My social life is hanging around with one or two people, and then uh, I hang out for a very focused hour plus with uh, strangers who are interesting a couple times a week. That's my social life. I'm not complaining, not complaining at all. But uh, I did see Del Toro's new movie, the Nightmare Alley movie, and I loved it. It, it really seems to be him kind of focusing on, on human stories, but there is a fantastical element, but it's more, uh, I don't know what you would say, it's a little grounded in sort of a nasty, uh, carny culture, uh, and also suggestive of of uh, a slight suggestion of uh, metaphysics, but not much. It's uh, mostly kind of revealing the bullshit, the grift, the con, the hustle. And I thought it was great. And I watched, this is one of those conversations where I wasn't sure what to do. Yeah, I look, I've seen The Shape of Water, uh, and I've seen maybe a couple of his other movies. I don't remember Pan's Labyrinth, but what I did do, knowing I was going to talk to him, 
was I went and watched his very first film, Kronos, which turned out to be an amazing choice. I'm not tooting my own horn, but you know, I had a lot to choose from. There's a lot of movies of his that I, I don't know. I am familiar with his work, though, and I do like his work. But to watch the first movie alongside of the most recent movie, you can sort of see the themes that he threads through. You can sort of see where his vision sort of took hold. Uh, and it just became this an amazing conversation. The guy's a great guy. There's just been a few conversations that have been real life-changing for me, and, I, and I've enjoyed it a great deal. And the movie's beautiful to look at, and it's engaging, and the performances are awesome. He deals with a cast of characters. He's, Ron Perlman is in everything he does. I mean, he did those uh, the Hellboy movies. He's, he's a great director. But what a sweet guy. And he, he said I could come over. His house is sort of like, he's got a couple of houses that are just filled with weird, creepy stuff. Man-sized uh, uh, replicas of humans and, and, and human anomalies. I showed him the uh, Drew Friedman's uh, print of the P.T. Barnum, the Barnum and Bailey uh, freak show, because he, there's a, he has a couple of them in full-size mannequins in one of his houses. What a, what a, just a beautiful thing to talk to the guy. Really was. And I, I don't know why I'm so amazed, but open-hearted, tremendous conversations. It was really nice. A couple of friends of mine, really old friends of mine, stopped by the other night. They were in town briefly for a memorial service that, um, that couldn't happen because of COVID, and they finally got to it. Sad, uh, a sad event, but... You know, the the passing is like a, a year or so back now, and I hadn't seen them in a long time. And these were people that knew me back when that took care of me, this couple, the lovely uh, Antons. Uh, I love them. I mean, they used to, I they knew me, I've known Craigie since New York, since the late 80s, and his wife as well. They weren't married then, but she, I've just known them forever. I mean, how long is that? Let's say 1990. 2000, 2010, 2000. Wow. Like 30 years? Jeez, man. That's nuts. That is nuts. It's just, I guess it's just part of aging. But they used to take care of me when I was wasted. I used to stay at their house when I was in New York and, I, and they had moved out here in that beautiful house. I used to stay at their house and I'd go out and get wasted. And I remember Craigie had to come pick me up once. And, and they just had these, the, I just remember being, they had twins, these twin girls, Ruby and Dell, and they were tiny little babies. And I was sleeping in the guest room. I just remember waking up hungover, and there's these two tiny little babies that looked exactly the same, crawling around, crawling on the couch, getting on me. And, I, and it was just, uh, the yin and yang of it was just astounding. They, they fucking saved my ass. It's just so nice, if you can, and you have the opportunity. Uh... Reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while who's important to you in your life. It's nice. It's nice. I don't know what's happening with me, folks. Something's happening. I'm evolving or, or dying, getting older, getting uh, simple. I, I don't know, maybe both. But, uh, you know, in this lifetime, how, how many friends do you really have? And it's Christmas and New Year. Maybe, you know, hey, how's it going? Maybe it's a time to... Whatever that song is, my old friends and whatever. I don't know if that's the right song. You know what I'm saying. Reach out, make up, 
Make it okay. Try to. So this brings us to uh, Guillermo del Toro. And again, I just want to say that I thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with this guy. He's a good human, intellectual, real artist, and puts a lot of thought into every aspect of his life, uh, mentally and emotionally. And I could feel it. I could feel it. So this is me talking to Guillermo del Toro. The movie is Nightmare Alley. Uh, It's in theaters now. Enjoy. I, uh, oh, I wanted to show you something. Because there's very few people that appreciate it, but I, I think... You, do you know Drew Friedman? Yes. You have this? <laughs> no, I don't have it. I love I love his cartoons of uh, famous, strange people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, this is gorgeous. That's the uh, the P.T. Barnum bunch. Yeah, he he tends to find the slightly grotesque in the familiar. I, I love it. I have, I have some of his... Books and a couple yeah. of his collecting collecting yeah. cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you don't have any of the art. You know, I I, I try to. I, I'm out of uh, wall space. <laughs> In and both I ha- houses, I have only original art. Yeah, I have like four posters, and that's it. The rest is original art. Yeah, like what's some of the art? Uh, Richard Corbin, Bernie right. Wrightson, Robert Crumb. Uh, oh, Edward, so you got comic art. You got the yeah, Edward got Gorey, Robert Williams. Got any Robert Williams? You know, and it's, it's, I, I love to look at it. Yeah, I've never been a collector of. Uh, I have very few pop art from LA. Yeah, the the, the all that uh, LA movement, which I like and I appreciate it, but uh, I, I I have very few. It, and some of his are very big. Very big. Yeah, and and, and, and now exceedingly expensive. Are they? Yeah. Well, good for him. If I could afford a Joe Coleman, I would have Joe Coleman. Oh, yeah, Joe Coleman, the guy, he's blowing himself up all the time. Yeah, I I like his paintings a lot, but I remember when he was doing that stuff in New York, and I think I've got the books as well, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you can't afford it? Well, maybe now I can. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't checked. I, I remember. I, I remember checking in the yeah. early two thousands. Yeah, too much, huh? It was too much back then. Yeah, but uh, you know, I collect uh, Victorian illustrators: Arthur yeah. Rackham, Edmund Dulac, yeah, Kay Nielsen. So, you, I mean, I saw that uh, the piece you did uh, with Andy Richter a while back, moving walking yeah. through the. Uh, yeah. But that's the museum house. Well, that's one of the museum houses. It's two, two and a half. It's two houses and an apartment. Yeah, that are basically set up as museums. Are you? Are you? Then you live in the apartment? No, I live <laughs> on a fourth house. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but no, they're not museums. They're yeah. my. They're my office. No, I get it. I get it. But they they they, they keep uh, gaining clutter. Well, it, 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 let me put it this way. Right now, I think they owe me. They own me more than I own them. And what is it? What is it that you uh, are trying to uh, complete with this collection? You know, it, 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 for the last three years, yeah, I pretty much felt I'm done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're done buying things. Yeah, I'm done. I mean, I still buy the occasional thing, like if a great Arthur yeah. Rackham comes up, I yeah. can try it. Yeah, but that's uh, but that's it. No big things. I, I try. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't need things anymore. I know. I, I mean, how old are you? I'm 57 and I'm done with things. Yeah, I'm 58 and I'm starting to feel it. Yeah, because you hold, you pick up a thing. There's a few things here. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the things and you realize, like, does it mean anything anymore? I mean, yeah. what what's what, it going to do? But I but I tell you, yes, that's one part of yeah. it. But the other part is, I have I have uh, auction houses constantly asking, do you want to sell anything? Yeah, 
And, and you know, I said, well, let me think about it, and, and I'll put together a list. And I say, maybe this one. And I go, no. Right. You can't let it go. You're invested in it emotionally. No, but I, I actually also, and this you might find funny. Yeah. I talk to I talk to some of the pieces like I I do I literally I have oh really you have, have a relationship yeah yeah like which, or, I which lo- one? or I look at them yeah I take them down from the wall yeah and I look at them because I'm a self-taught uh, artist and yeah the word is very loosely used yeah, because right. I I illustrate a little yeah and I like seeing how they did it yeah uh, yeah I like seeing for example Richard Corbin uses a lot of Pantone, a uh-huh. lot of a lot of cor- uh, white out uh-huh. to correct his mistakes. Oh yeah. On the other hand, B- Bernie Wrightson uses no corrections. Huh. And in, in the at least in the Frankenstein plates that I have. You, what do you do with the Frankenstein plates? I, I I just look at them and see the cross hatching. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, or yeah. I try to figure out how he did that texture. Like he is very good with negative space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah, but that's the kind of relationship you have—a craftsman's relationship with it, and uh, an, uh, a a, fin- a fan's relationship with it. You don't actually talk to some of them, do you? I talk to I I talk to certain little statuettes. Yeah, like I what, hands the little guy from Freaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is right right when he opened the door. And I say oh, every morning. Yeah. I say good morning, hands. <laughs> if I'm going to the door, I'm not joking. I, I'm going to open the door. I said. Who, who, who do you think is knocking? Hans. <laughs> I talked to Hans. I say hi to... to uh, Hans was know. the one that was in love with the, uh, yes. the big lady. Yes, yes. And, and got made a fool yeah. of. And I talked to el- the elephant man who's in my living room every day. I didn't day. see that one, yeah? Yeah, no, it's, that's new one. That, oh, it's new. That's new. Is yeah. it based on uh, the original John Merrick? Yes, oh. yes. With, with very, very... Uh, Detailed anatomical study, and it's a life size, life size. And you, uh, who does these for you? It varies. There's a guy that I work with very often, uh, Mike Hill, and then there's it's, a guy called Thomas Kubler. But you got two guys that'll yeah. do the life size. Yeah. yeah. What do they do as a job? That that, that they like make that. life size, yeah. but it's uh, not like wax statues. No, they're no. silicone. And Patrick McGee is another oh, yeah. one here in L.A. So if you need a guy to make a full those, are, su- those <laughs> are the guys. I, I commission now and then. Yeah. Uh, like I just commissioned Mike a couple of years yeah. ago. Uh, I'm Mary Shelley, life size. Yeah. I have her desk. I have the manuscript of Frankenstein laid out in front of uh, the area she's going to work, and I have right. a candle. Yeah. I have everything. Now I'm waiting for her to come home. Oh, so what are these? Do are there many people like you? That do that contract life size silicone silicone uh, 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 replicas right. of humans. Some people do it. I mean, yeah, some people do it. A lot of the like black metal or rock and rollers. Yeah. some of them collect horror stuff, and oh, they, they do. They have some of that. Oh, okay. But uh, um, I I have a very intimate relationship with with the objects and the the books. Like I know where every book, where I got the books. Oh yeah. My car, which is. Uh, I don't know how many years old, about ten years old. Yeah, I, 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 I love my car. I tell the, I tell him, okay, we're gonna go here. Yeah, I get attached to things. Yeah. I just don't have as many things, but there's yeah. a few things I, I, I've gotten attached to. Some of them, I guess. Well, there's some element of you know. I don't know if it's a magical object, but the 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 sort of uh, uh, talisman. Yeah, talisman. It, it does have a power, and it's relative to you. Yeah, they do. I do. Th- I do believe in that. I believe in that one hundred percent. Yeah, I think that you. Uh, the, the 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 thing is, does it inspire you? And if like I know friends that have 
three times the collector the, the collectibles right. I have. Yeah. But they have it in warehouses. Yeah. Or filing yeah, cabinets right. yeah. or in mint in the box. Yeah. I, that I don't understand. Yeah. I just don't understand it. So you, everything you see is in plain sight, so you can engage. In, yeah. And, I have and, these are, and these are the things that have defined your life to in a many degree. Ways, in many ways. And, and for example, I I can keep a, a model kit. Yeah. Uh, for fifteen years. And then one day I go finally, and I go and take it out and paint it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you put together what 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 models? Cars, planes? Yeah, no, mostly horror. mostly figures. Yeah. Like Lon Chaney is my project for Christmas. You're gonna do a Lon Chaney Lon model? Lon Chaney model where he is with his open uh, box. He's uh, sculpted by a guy I like called Jeff Yeager. Yeah. And this is when you got to glue it together. Yeah, you got to glue it. To, you got to glue it together, then put the base. Yeah. Do they are these high end models, or they're just like yeah. the old days, like no, we well, get them in well, the box? Are, they are garage kit. Okay. Yeah, and th- th- I have one or two that have been one off. Yeah. When people uh, show the uh, the equivalent of the NFTs, like they show something they modeled on their computer, I can yeah. write to them and say, "Would you please print one for me?" Yeah. And sometimes they print it. I pay for that, and and I paint it. Is that how you started creatively as a guy who painted? Things? Well, I, I did started painting models when I was a very young kid. Yeah. And and I liked it, but I was already drawing and sculpting and writing stories. All of it. All of it. I was very. It, it's funny because. Um, it started in because I was competing with my brother. Your my, older brother? My older brother yeah. was the one, quote-unquote, that was good at drawing. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to draw better than him. <laughs> and then I fell in love with it. I fell in love with drawing, sculpting, and everything. How, ma- how many kids in your family? Uh, it's three brothers and one sister. Oh, a lot of you, huh? Yeah. yeah. And what part of Mexico you grow up? Guadalajara. Yeah. And how, you've been here a while, though. I mean, well, I've been coming to Los Angeles every year of my life since I was three. Really? Why? Yeah. Why so young? What was happening? You have relatives? No, no. My 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 father and my mother decided to take us to Disneyland in 1967. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we and we we started coming every year. And uh, you know, I love I, I I love Los Angeles. I love how many Los Angeles there are. Yeah. When people say I don't like LA, I said you don't know LA. Yeah, how can you like it's it's very hard to generalize. Yeah. Yeah. I mean do you want to do you want to feel some grit? You want to feel some yeah. uh, reality? Yeah. You don't go to to Rodeo Drive and you no. don't go to to Malibu, you go somewhere else, you know? Sure. There, there's go downtown, go further than downtown. You can go to little Korea, yeah. you can go to little Tokyo, you can go to you name yeah, it. Yeah, and you can actually see the apocalypse happening in, yeah. in some areas. Yeah, in some areas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, look, it's not an accident that this city <sighs> is is noir in many ways, you know. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I you know, I watched I watched a new movie and I thought it was great. And then I watched uh, I watched Kronos. Yeah. Like so, I, I kind of bookended, and I've seen you know scatterings yeah. of the movies that you've made in between, yes. not all of them. Yes, but uh, it was interesting to watch those two together. Yeah, yeah, you know, within you know forty eight hours of each other. Yes, of course. In terms of uh, the the evolution of themes. Yes, and uh, and the 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 ultimate success uh, in the last two movies of 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 you know humanizing monsters, yeah. and then all of a sudden now we have monster humans that yes. are somehow somehow sympathetic as well. Yeah, that would be a curious exercise. I, I huh. wonder if, I mean, I I, I wonder if I think. Uh, that I can do it in my head, but I which one to th- see Kronos and this one too. Yeah, because uh, obviously there's commonalities in theme. Yeah, and commonalities in some style. Well, it hit me this morning that the the commonality and also I guess the 
the the the sympathetic monster mm-hmm. it seems to be something that kind of moves through a lot of it yeah the understandable even if this is this goes counter to a lot of what it makes the noir uh noir according to to the genre, but one of the things in the we, new film, yeah, in the yeah. new film, we we wanted to make it a character portrait. We didn't want to judge the guy. We wanted yeah. to present you mm. with what he does and what everybody does. But ultimately, uh, we were not imposing a a downfall or a, a, you know. I, I, we tried to include relief and and humanity in the way he's released by finding out the mm. truth of who he is at the end. You know. Well, it was, <laughs> that was a great ending. Yes. <laughs> and and an ending that was, uh, quite frankly, that was the North Star for us. We said the whole movie is prologue to those last uh, two minutes. <laughs> it really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw the set, you know, oddly, and I don't, I didn't see the original. You wrote this with your partner? Yes, my wife. Your uh, wife, yeah. Morgan, yeah. And now, so, when you look at the original movie, which I, I, I did not watch, all I know is that... When I told uh, uh, Drew Friedman yes. that he's got to see the movie, he goes, you know, Georgie Jessel produced that. Yes, Georgie Jessel, <laughs> the famous vaudevillian. Yeah. 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 So, of course, Drew was excited. Uh, but but in, what was the challenge? You know, when you looked at the original, mm-hmm. how, how what were the fundamental differences in how you were going to approach the story? Well, I was blessed. I, I would say I was blessed by discovering the book first uh-huh. by a matter of a few days before oh, really? the movie. Yeah, in a bookstore. So, and, and yeah, in L.A., I was with Ron Perlman, and we were watching um, Elmer Gantry. Yeah, and and Ron Burt was, Lancaster. Yeah, Burt Lancaster, and Ron Ron does a pretty good Burt Lancaster. <laughs> Ron, I talked to Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Ron. Well, you know, he's yeah. he has that proclivity to to imitate certain yeah. actors, and he Brando, said, Brando. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I like his Burt better. Yeah, yeah. But he he said, uh, uh, I want to play a character like this, and there's this this movie. He said, uh, Nightmare Alley, uh-huh. and, and there's a character, Stanton Carlyle, that I would like to. To play, and I said, "Well, let me look at it." We couldn't find. This is the nineties. Yeah, you couldn't find anything. Right, everything you wanted, you had to search for, like a scout. Yeah, and I found a novel. Yeah, and I said, "Ron, I found a novel." He says, "There's a novel." I said, "Yeah, there's a novel. I'll read it." I read it, and I was, I said, "How could anyone make a movie from this and during uh, the code?" Yeah. in Hollywood, and I uh, and I which code the, uh, the, the censorship the, yeah, code? yeah the censorship code when, when when you couldn't show three quarters of what I've read yeah and then I saw the movie and and the movie of course was one interpretation uh-huh. but the novel left room for three four five more versions oh yeah so I said let's try it we couldn't because it was a Fox. Um, Library title. Oh, really? And in comes Ron Perlman, a Mexican guy of 28 or 29. <laughs> Can we make a, re- a, a new version oh, of Oh, so this was yeah. a long time ago. Oh, 90s, yeah, 90s. Oh, oh, so this is the, so you've been dealing with this story for, for a long while. time. Yeah, I didn't think I could get it made, honestly. How many how many films had you done to that point? Uh, I had only done Kronos. <laughs> I had only so you watch you watch my entire filmography from where I pitched Nightmare Alley. Yeah, that's incredible. So I, it was always delusional. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 odd that you. It's like those things that we were talking about before. You locked in, 
It yeah. was, you know, this was uh, some sort of lifelong obsession. Yes. And I guess when you read it, as you grew, like a good book or any book or any piece of art, it somehow evolved with you. This was yeah. the time to do it. Yeah, if I had done it back then, it wouldn't have been the same movie. It would have been a lot more interested in sort of the, shall we say, Todd Browning aspect the, of it. Yeah, the, uh, the anomaly, the human anomaly. Yeah, the anomaly and the... And the the I would have been attracted to the imagery and the this and that and, and you know I I tried to to approach it this time um, from a point of view that I think does what I'd like to do, which is take a a genre or something that we like yeah. and then deconstruct it a little or try to make it different than the regular movie in that genre. And I do that with action or horror, sure, sci-fi, whatever I. I, so, I in your mind, uh, like, or in the way you constructed it, because the story is pretty, pretty noir, mm -hmm. right? Yes. It, you know, I, it, 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 it checks the boxes. Yeah. yeah. So, what were you going to do? I mean, obviously, the lighting is different, and because you made this spectacular uh, Del Toro style, yes. uh, colorful, but yeah. uh, that that uh, that tinted color, yes, that you seem to have locked into the mm -hmm. last couple mm -hmm. movies, yeah. But that it, is that is Morning Chronos in in about four shots. That habit, yeah. And I said, this is what I want to do in in Chronos. Yeah, in Chronos, when he's reading the diary, yeah, yeah, I have that contrast between the the warm light and the cool light. Oh yeah, and and I I. I said, "Oh, this is it. This is, this is my this is my vibe. <laughs> this is where it happened. Yeah, that's in, that's amazing. Yeah. So, what what was it? What's that noise? I don't know. It's your house, man. Did it just happen? Yeah. It sounds like an AC. Oh no, it's out there. It's outside. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, so, what did I want to do differently? No, no. Well, what did you do? I mean, like, yeah, when you were constructing it, because it, I mean, obviously, it doesn't look like an old noir, and and, and there's been many uh, attempts at at noir, some more successful than others, right? Chinatown, L.A. Confidential, Body Heat. You know, these are modern noirs. Mm -hmm. So, what what was it that you were going to bring to it that you said this is going to deconstruct it a bit? For me, the first approach to the novel, uh, the novel is presented like a fresco, like a mural. Yeah. And then in the course of our deep dive into everything we do, did uh, as table work yeah. for the, for the writing, you know, I decided that the proper thing was to make it a character study right. rather than a full fresco. So I said, we should open with this guy and the biggest question mark we can, him dragging a body and then burning it. Right? Yes. And end up, hopefully, and you can condone him or not, I don't care, but you understand him. You know, you know who he is, a little better than on the beginning. And know? oddly, you know, as as an antihero goes, or as a, a underdog, or as a criminal, or as mm -hmm. a morally corrupt person, mm -hmm. you still you seem to 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 manage the balance. Like you do because of that dynamic with the the father. Yes, that you you do ha feel ha have empathy for the guy. Yeah, it, it, it was it was that was one of the first principles was. Can we develop develop without ever telling the audience? I'm going to stop the movie and tell you his backstory. Can yeah. can they sort of piece it together? Yeah, you know there is little snippets. He has a scar on the back. Uh, he dragged a, a corpse. Yeah, he talks about his father. We find out where the watch comes from. Mm -hmm. We have little snippets of dreams. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and and piece that together without some of the noir tries to um, or or has. Uh, a downfall aspect to it that is very moral. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to have that. I wanted to 
to, as I said to you in the beginning, I wanted to include relief. Of okay. the, the thing you feel when you've been hiding who you are through masks of success or yeah. sophistication, and then finally you breathe out because people see you for who you are. And, and also, like in terms of what you do, you were able to kind of uh, integrate all the themes that, that you know that you've been preoccupied with in, yes. in a fairly uh, a kind of dark but but odd you know there there was fantasy elements but it was but all human based yeah they were yeah and the, the idea was can we look there is two aspects to it one is the visual attraction where, where I tried to move the camera in a beautiful way I tried to encompass right. the sets I tried to transport you to realities that are really uh, compelling yeah, visually. yeah. but but uh, one of the things I, I abandoned was the some of the whimsy yeah you know it's, it's not whimsical it's pretty much a lot more raw yeah. a lot more brutal if you would and and that 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 has to do with a thing that is very very hard to explain uh, but the directors know very well which is tone yeah the tone of it needs to stay in reality mm. we don't go to heightened set right. pieces you know but you know how to do that yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of the things I look it, it, for, uh, I believe I handle some difficult tone in things like Ship of Water or yeah. Pan's Labyrinth yeah. where you have to balance the reality of the Civil War with a fawn walking into an attic <laughs> and talking to a girl about yeah. a secret door, you know? <laughs> and th those are hard to balance or, or, or the musical number in Shape of Water right. coming out of the kitchen and all that. But but the key here for me is why why do it now? You know, why, why is it? And, and, and I was responding to... Uh, a feeling of anxiety, a feeling of disarticulation of um, truth and lies, and 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 the capacity we have to and belief and belief and belief, yeah. and the capacity we have to be cruel to each other in an almost seemingly endless way, and 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 and, and also in a uh, uh, currently uh, a seemingly shameless way. Yeah, that that there is something that a lot of humanity is locked into right now which is a, a lack of shame and conscience uh, that enables them to honor their anger yeah uh, without uh, seemingly without thinking there would be any any recourse or, or or any any consequence well i think bradley cooper and i when we talked about yeah. the movie we said it has to be a reckoning yeah yeah you no know, it has to be a reckoning and 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 one of the hard hard things to do yeah. for him as an actor and for me as a director is you basically have a character that doesn't change for ninety percent of the movie. Uh -huh. He stays on the same path. He stays relentless. I mean, look, the second half of there are two very distinct by design mm. halves of the movie. Mm -hmm. The first half is him collecting, almost not speaking, and collecting information from everyone, using it in the second half. And the first half ends on what should be, by all rights, a happy ending. The second part is him starting to land on reality because he finds somebody that is a match for him and even bests him, you know? Uh -huh. And and, and yeah. that someone is Kate Blanchett. The thing that amazed me, though, in looking at the the arc of your work is that you were able to integrate belief, you were able to integrate religion, you were able to integrate grifters, yes. you were able to integrate, you know, in, in an almost a narrative way, uh, Todd Browning. Yeah. 
At the very end of for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but I like there was something about the beginning where I kind of I, I, I kept going back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever he was looking at in that cage at the beginning. He found. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing, the thing, the, if, if you watch the movie again, Marcus, yeah. the whole thing is constructed very, very carefully visually uh, with circles because that's the geek pit calling him. And it starts with the Ferris wheel. Then you go to the pit itself, and then you go to the eye of the baby. Then yeah. you go. Then you go to the circles uh, throughout the movie. The 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 cabaret is a circle. His dressing room is a circle. The mirror is a circle. There are circles and by design in the Grindel office. Blah blah blah. And at the end, at the end, he when he goes to talk to the uh, carny guy, yeah. there's a huge circular window behind him. He finally is gonna go there because what happens to him and this is something Kim and I decided early on yeah. we said we don't we don't want it to be a surprise people will see it coming yeah. let's assume it it's not the what is the how how you handle the ending? How to handle the ending? I, I thought it was very effective because you know, yeah. I because my brain, I guess, from watching too many movies and also having you know some sort of still even as cynical and dark as I've become and always was, I still have an innate desire for closure yes. and and to have a happy ending of sorts. Yeah. But this does circle, and there is closure, and it is satisfying. Yeah, you know, it's not some weird open ended fucking R. No, it's. It, it, I mean, look, one reason why we uh, and by the way, there's not such a thing as a spoiler on this. If you know it, you know it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, is, is is the fact is what it is, is we present with great detail the last moments of the life of the geek. Yeah. You know, we see him bite the chicken. We see him in the cage. We see him uh, thrown into an alley the in the beginning. rain. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know that's going to happen to him. You you have to know <laughs> that the movie was built, uh, Mark, as a circle. In theory, if you loop it, he's laughing and then he remembers dragging the corpse, and then we start over. Right. And, and it's a perpetual loop. So, like, at what point during the process of creating the story do you decide on this circle thing? When we were, well, the, visually, we logged into it uh, during a period that I called the submarine, yeah. which is before anyone comes, I work with four guys that are visualists, yeah. and we design a certain code. Who's Even, this? And, you know, my main guy is Guy Davis. Yeah. Is a comic book artist that, yeah. that has worked with me for yeah. the last few movies. And then we called two or three people, like, we cast them for for the specifics that we need. And just visually? Just visually, but to story. Do you still consult with uh, Alfonso and Alejandro? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I keep I keep a very open editing room. Once, so, one, once and Aritu comes over? Yeah. During editing, and yeah. so does uh, Cuaron? Yeah. And you guys do that with each other's and, movies and, still? And J.J. Abrams and oh, uh, Bradley. JJ. Yes, and yeah, everybody. I keep, I, I keep it open, and I say, look, come in and be brutal. Because uh, uh, we have a saying, before it comes out, yeah. when it comes out, we all agree, yeah. it's masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> but before it comes out, it's a piece of shit. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's brutalize anything you want. Because look, in the editing room, in the, in the digital realm, yeah. it's easier to do the change yeah. than to argue about it. Right. You know? Yeah, digitally, sure. Yeah, you can undo it. I mean, I, I edited analog, yeah. and we used to save one frame with a clip yeah. on, a, on a line, like a, <laughs> a clothesline, you know? So you remember, you, you came up during those days. Oh, yeah. Well, that well, that's interesting. So who's the, like, you know, because all you guys, you're all Academy Award winners now, mm-hmm. but but you're all uniquely auteurs in, in, in your approach. Yes. So when, when those two are dealing with your work, yeah. which I think is, you know, different than either of what they Yes, do, yes. 
uh, how, what's their approach? When, what are they good for in terms of what they bring to the table when they bring notes? Very different. Uh, like, yeah. like Alfonso, Alfonso is uh, really, really close to me. Yeah. So he's a lot more brutal. Yeah. Like he's a lot more like a brother that. Yeah. You know, like a sibling. Yeah. Yeah. He, he uses he uses words that are not encouraging. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know? yeah. Are you gonna Alejandro? Also goes, uh, he's more of more, a lot more tactful. But he would say, "Gordo, are you gonna finish that crane all the way until it stops? It's beautiful. Yes, it's beautiful. It's so long, you know." And, and, he's 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 commenting on length of yeah, movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> but but we 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 have um we have that you know each of them brings a different point of view. Sometimes they disagree, and it's it's good to hear. Somebody saying this is my favorite scene, and the other person saying this is my least favorite scene, and then you make your decision at the end of the day. You say, okay, for me, yeah. it, it's in or it's out. Well, I think what's what's interesting also about the the last two movies in that, like you know, you've used you know industrialists as villains before, right? Yes. You've, yeah. used, you've used uh, you know fascists as yeah. as villains, and and. Uh, and you know you still have some of that here, but but as you, you were saying, and uh, that you know why the time now when you, that you chose to make this around these issues of of you know belief and you know uh, where belief is taking people mm-hmm. and and people hurting one another, there is a, a genuine threat of authoritarianism now. Yes, and and uh, are you feeling like you need to approach that more? Because I know that World War II is in the background of this. Yes, stuff. of course. And there's a very nice moment where she says to him, haven't you heard we're at war? Which yeah. is about them too and also about the world. Yeah. Well, the the thing is... And he says, uh, I don't care. Or yeah, something. He says, I've heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm aware. Yeah, but the guys like him, they don't give a shit. No, because I think I think this guy is about, uh, about the thing that I feel uh, is one of the things in, in noir that is very... Very important success as a torture machine. Uh-huh. Success, which is a torture machine that says you could have more. Yeah. But listen, you could have more. Of yeah. course, you could. But but uh, and but very often in noir, for example, the money. Yeah. Which becomes a symbol. Yeah. Uh, ends up being meaningless at the end, floating in the air around the corpse of the hero. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or anti-hero. Yeah. And and mean void of meaning. Mm. You know, and I think I think this guy is about climbing and climbing and climbing. It's interesting, right? Through lies, yeah. Because, like, you know, I just realized, you know, uh, like watching Kronos, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, you know, nothing mattered to that guy anymore Not other than uh, maintaining power and staying alive. Yeah, but even then, if you, if, I'm very glad you saw it that recently, because the guy wants to live forever. Yeah. But all he does is shit and piss and stay in his room. Right, and and torture his nephew. And torture his nephew. He doesn't go out. He doesn't enjoy the world. He just wants to stay alive. And I ju- and I just watched the 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 final episode of Succession last night. Yeah, yeah. Same story. Same story, because there is a point. Look, is there such a thing as enough money? Yes, there is, but for some people there isn't, huh. and that's a complete derangement. And uh, I know I never understand it. No, and it, it annoys me because it means that we have to deal with people. You know, if their money is being made in in the world of show business, mm-hmm. you know, we have to deal with these people that you know become you know redundant generators of 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 their own hackneyed uh, 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 content in order to keep making millions of dollars. Well, you have you have. I mean, look, there is a point. There's a point in which somebody has enough money that. Their entire bloodline, their entire bloodline, they couldn't spend it. 
Of course. So at that point, it becomes an idea of an idea of an idea. And, it, and the movie says it very clearly. Uh, if they did a number on you, then you have a hollow and you'll never have enough. You know, the movie says that very clearly. And, and you have this guy that has... What is moving about this character that Richard Jenkins plays, the industrialist, is that he's horrible, and at the same time you understand that he wants forgiveness. Right. That he's not just a monster. Yeah. He's a monster and a human at the same time. Exactly. And and, and what I think uh, this amount of wealth does is it pulls people away from reality. It really does. With, with, because you can't live in it anymore. No. You can only hang out with people that are at that level of wealth. I, I'll never forget, like, you know, someone's told me a story, a mm -hmm. guy, uh, just <laughs> a working guy in the show business years mm -hmm. ago, mm -hmm. who was a friend of Ben Stiller's, mm -hmm. was he went to a party at somebody's house. Of these, Stuart Cornfield. No, it wasn't Stuart. Uh -uh. It was a guy named Jeff Kahn, mm -hmm. writer. But he'd gone to a party, and it was just the type of, the people that were there were clearly of a class. You know, not, not, it's no fault of their own. It's just the nature of wealth. Yeah. You would never think they'd hang out with each other. And the only thing that makes them hang out is like Lance Armstrong and yeah. like this random cast of characters that operate in this rare air that mm -hmm. have to spend time with each other because mm -hmm. they can't even, you know, some of them have to wear masks to go out in public. Yes. But I think it's insulating in and of itself. Well, if you see Kronos and this, they present the, the industrialists exactly the same way. They are isolated in a chamber that they can leave or a world that they have built that they can't leave. It's exactly the same yeah. presentation. In fact, in fact, except the axis is reversed, left to right, right to left. Yeah. The presentation of the space where the industrialists live is exactly the same, <laughs> which is a movement that I call the hinge. Uh -huh. You come laterally and then you reveal oh, the, yeah, yeah. the depth of yeah. the place. Right, right, right. And, 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 and I do it very pointedly. I do it in every movie when I reveal a certain space that is in, significant to them. I do it on Hellboy 2, I do yeah. it on Hellboy 1, blah, 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 because those spaces are to character. They're not just beautiful design. Yeah. They are telling you character and they're telling you psychological condition uh, they are people say oh, it's, uh, it's the opposite of eye candy it's eye protein it's nutritional yeah and to give you an example the this industrialist when you present all this space he owns this factory he yeah. owns that all that wealth the, every every one of the sets in the city yeah. is built like an alley yeah Right, it's built right. like an alley yeah, very yeah. purposely. Oh, yeah. And, and and the hotel, the hotel room, the industrialist, the office of the psych psychiatrist, all of them are alleys. Huh. He's, on an, he's on an alley heading for a circle. Yeah. And, and when we go into this place, all that power, and then you see him simply sitting in a little chair, completely calm. Because he doesn't have to be behind a big desk. Yeah. Or have, he, he knows, he, he's in complete quietness because he has power. Did you tell him that? Yeah. That, yeah, that, that was your direction. That was for, my direction, for Richard. Yeah, and then and then Richard and I said, "What should he do?" Because we we and then he said, "What if I ask for his jacket and I fold it really nicely, like I'm <laughs> like I'm his valet?" Yeah, and I said, "That's a great idea." Yeah, because then he he's being servile to him. Yeah, he said, yeah. Please, please, thank you, thank you for that. Coming. Was a whole uh, odd uh, uh, element of that character. Yeah. It gave it had some such depth that added this depth of empathy or something. Yeah, he he's uh, when he says you're very kind. He yeah. says I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> <laughs> so this intention, mm -hmm. you know, moving from Kronos because I know Kronos was your first feature, but you were sort of in show business before that. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, 
for ten, professionally, I was there for 10 years before that, doing storyboarding, um, um, uh, makeup effects design. I was an assistant director. I was, I was a PA. I was yeah. everything. But you had a, did you have a company that did effects? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, when I was doing my short films as a kid, yeah. um, 16 millimeter, yeah, eight, yeah. Super 8, and 35, I didn't have anyone to do the makeup effects. So I wrote to Dick Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was a very famous makeup Academy artist. Award. Sure, sure. Uh, we had Baker. Artist. We had Baker on the show. Baker. Yeah. Baker. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, his guy. Yeah. Direct son, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And Dick, uh, I said, "Can you teach me makeup effects?" And yeah. he said, uh, "He said yes." <laughs> oh, really? He had a course open for international students. Yeah. And he accepted me. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you do, you took it from the master. Yeah. I mean, I, he, he he said, "Look." You, <laughs> And there are many, many makeup artist guys that that are uh, a lot more better, a lot a lot better about sculpting or painting yeah. than than any of what you do. But you are the one that needs it the most because there's no one in your country. Well, what was interesting is I guess you were making sort of a, an inside joke with the uh, with the mortician yeah. and and <laughs> in the, Kronos, yes. and the putty. Yes, and the, yes, very much. So. <laughs> He's like, but Good uh, job. Uh, yeah. all the effects in Kronos are done by my company. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean yeah. because like there, that that played against you know the skin coming off the actual effects yes. with him yes. <laughs> putting that piece the, of putty. putty I'm saying look at how well I'm <laughs> playing perfect. in fact I sculpted the tail of the insect I did personally and I sculpted one of the machines in the in the in the interior of the device so through storyboarding and through makeup this is where you you know you sort of defined your own approach to the language of film and the way to shoot yeah I was do I was doing uh, movies before that yeah and but what what this does what it did that helped me is to break any idea into elements mm. like makeup tells you how how, how are you gonna best to exp how you express that idea and what are the elements you need how many cuts what what instruments you had to break every idea into into pieces, right? So in this movie, in well, in Kronos, I mean, obviously you're reckoning with uh, with some religious stuff, uh, yes. you know, eternal life. Why? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always assumed that Jesus was a vampire. Yes. <laughs> well, that, there is there is a there is an element to that to communion for sure. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you're drinking blood. I mean, I'm a Jew. You know, I I took a trip to Italy. And I went to all the churches. Yeah. And and I used to tell a story about how they all have their dead wizard. Or of course. Dead, yeah, of many, course. So they do. Dead wizards. And pieces. Little pieces. pieces. Yeah. The relics. Yeah, which, yeah. which uh, led Mark Twain to exclaim, I know why Jesus was so famous. He was a giant. I saw bones of him <laughs> everywhere in, in Europe. <laughs> But I'll tell you one thing I realized, you know, because I enter with sort of a child's mind and that I don't know a lot about mm -hmm, Catholicism mm -hmm. is that, you know, the 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 the, the weight of mm -hmm. the imagery of those churches Tremendous. and the structure. Tremendous. I mean, if you're a, a working class or, you know, in the fields, a peasant class person, you're going to be crushed into belief yes. just visually. Yes. Well, they wear they, look the pageantry yeah. of, of Catholicism is almost unparalleled. It's like Cecil B. the Mill compared to my dinner with Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like it's so oversized. And, and in fact, the whole idea of Gothic cathedrals, one of them is to make them so big and pointing to the sky with the, with the arch, the Gothic arch, is like a finger pointing to the sky to say this is how small you are, yeah. but we are, we are connecting you yeah. to what is in heaven. You know? Yeah. And how did this, like, because I mean, 
I was I was going to ask you because I have a sort of uh, from early on uh, a strange uh, fascination with 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 sideshow uh, personality. Me too. Yes, but I don't know why. I think I think for me there is a beauty. Look, the carnival. The beauty of a carnival is that it's very honest about being dishonest. First of all, yeah. The second thing. It's it's the it's the poor relative of the uh, rich people and royalties cabinet of curiosities. Okay, okay. This is this is, is that where it came from? I, I, well, I believe that the the purpose is the same. Yeah. Uh, you went uh, in 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 a world in which traveling was a luxury and a risk and an endeavor. Yeah. Uh, people collected oddities from all over the world to bring the world. To you, yeah. in a way that surpassed the, your imagination. Yeah, right, you know? right, right, and, right. And, and in fact, the Spider Woman that is in the in yeah, the, that one I saw when I was four. I think, I, yeah, I, it looked familiar to me too. Yeah, I saw, I saw her in that carnival when I was a kid, well, and I was amazed. And what she says is exactly what she said when I was four. Really? Yeah. So I went to sideshow too, but I was like, you know, it was at the Albuquerque State Fair, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a carnival. I saw Ronnie and Donnie. Mm-hmm. You know the the they the, were the last living Siamese, the Siamese twins, twins yeah. that were touring. I saw the the man with the biggest feet in the world, and he mm-hmm. had some sort of elephantiasis. Yes. And, yes. And, and he was sitting there in a loincloth. Yes. But, and then I saw uh, I, oh, there's a couple of a, a lot of a lot of you know uh, babies in jars. But yes. But I, I tried to think about so w- when when was the first time you saw an actual you know. Uh, uh, human anomaly you know outside of Perlman <laughs> <laughs> Perlman is uh, over over oversized uh, uh, human but it's yeah. uh, I I saw most of them as you may notice from my movies things in jars yeah, no, yeah, like I yeah. like that in Kronos, and I like that. How yeah, many, it's, yeah. it's almost every 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 other movie has you got that. A, a, something, yeah. something in a jar. Yes, yes, it's it's when you're a kid, it's very impactful. Yeah, it's very impactful because uh, to me, they look like angels. Oh, really? They for me, they were little souls that didn't. They, you know, in in in, uh, in Catholicism, there's the notion of limbo. Yeah, and to which uh, uh, babies that die without being baptized go to limbo. So you just saw a little, and for me, I was uh, so moved by them. They were yeah. like floating little souls, but not afraid. No, I was fascinated by them. I was fascinated since I was a kid, and and it's an image that I, it pursues me. Like it symbolizes, like the little guy with the the cyclopean baby. Yeah, for the, me, yeah. it's two things. It was in an earlier treatment of the screenplay, he was God. Yeah, and there were lines to that effect, and then eventually he became he came to symbolize uh, Stanton. Yeah. For me, is like is the like, main character. Yeah, that is his inside. Yeah. That's him. And then he uses it on his uh, blindfold. Yes, he uses it in the blindfold. We had the 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 other symbol we repeat over and over is a is a single eye watching him. Yeah, it's in the fun house. It's in the blindfold. It's in the baby, and it's in the amulet that Zena. Uh, it's has. also Egyptian, and also uh, yes. implies. Uh, global order on behalf of the Illuminati. And, and well, for those inclined to <laughs> to those conspiracies, that, that, that yes. wasn't part of it, though. Yes. Did no. you know that going in? I did, but I I, <laughs> yeah. I don't subscribe. No. Right. Of course. Yeah. I think I think that we are. But it well, would fit in with the industrialists. It would, but but I I I, I subscribe to incompetence and greed. 
mm-hmm. as the forces that <laughs> run the world. Really. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of the effect, uh, so when you were younger, it was just a fascination. And, and the idea, I think that what I came upon in thinking about my own fascination, because I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see Freaks until I was much older, but I had mm-hmm. the book Very Special People. You know? Yeah, of course I know. And I had that when I was a kid, like 11. Mm-hmm. I got it at a bookstore just by coincidence. I went with my grandmother and I was looking at the pages, at the pictures, and I was like, I could not get, you know, the uh, what, 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 the mule-faced woman out of my uh, my head. Yes. And, you know, and, and some other people. Well, because I think there is a thing, um, the fascination comes from, uh, I think that we, look, if we are, if we are semi-rational people, we are able to see what is damaged in us. That's right, exactly. You know? and, and then we recognize it when it's exteriorized in that way. But it's, that's why I very, very consciously uh, moved away from showing uh, the freaks until the very end in the wide shot and not, not, not give them any... You, you can barely notice them. In the oh, the shot. contortionist and... No, no uh, the, the, there is a ZZ, the, the, well, they're called ZZ the pin girl, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, girl sure. and, and, uh, and the bird girl. They're 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 and in the, the movie, and, and they're in the final shot of the final carnival. Really? Yeah, but they're very hidden, and we we spend hours and hours doing the makeup perfect. Because even the ones that you did see were not, you know, they were not hobbled. No. You, you know, because Ron plays the the strong man. Yeah, and then you have the, the, the main, contortionist, major, major mosquito, the yeah. contortionist, and yeah. the and dog boy, Jojo the dog boy. Oh yeah, and the and the dwarf. Yeah, but, but the thing for me is. Uh, to present them in equal footing, I think uh, when you're a kid, they're almost uh, as attractive as a superhero for me. Yeah, and and they were people I thought I could have a conversation with. Well, I think that for me, when I and I agree with what you're saying, but I think like if you're a a, a young person that has a heavy heart or feels uh, um, different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. There's a comfort in them. Of course. It, it, there's nothing more moving for me as a kid. And I saw I saw Freaks at a very young age because it was shown in a late, late uh, show that showed silent film, an yeah. early film. Yeah. It was presented uh, by a guy that was very knowledgeable of uh, cinema. Uh-huh. And, and, and I saw it. And when they say one of us, one of us, I, I, I felt it. I felt, yeah, that's... <laughs> We're that, all here. That's basically, yeah. <laughs> Where do I subscribe? Yeah. I completely yeah. identify. Because you felt uh, 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 different? Oh, yeah, very much. I, I felt I felt really, uh, and I still uh, somewhat, uh, I feel socially n- not quite a great fit to what um, what was expected of me when I was a kid. Like what? Well, well the, I was expected to, to be outdoorsy. I was expected yeah. to be cheerful. I was yeah. expected to... And I was expected to believe that the world was good, but everything I saw yeah. confirmed that it it wasn't. And then horror film confirmed that I was right. <laughs> there are things that they don't talk about, yeah. and I wanted to talk about those things. And 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 this movie is uh, even now is sort of that. I mean, I think that there is a certain tyranny of nice. Mm, yeah, uh, right know, now, and uh, it's t- totally counterintuitive on purpose. And 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 then you go. I want to make a movie that is not nice. Yeah, that is that that represents all the anxiety that is in the air, that is sort of a convulsion for yeah. me. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, and and I decided to do it right after uh, having great success with the opposite, which is a a really sort of um, love song. Yeah, know? and I thought, okay, well, uh, time to try something 
Dark. That is that is that is at least uh, complex. That doesn't have the answers, but has some questions. So, what is it? What now? I I never talked to too many Mexican Catholics. Yes, but it seems like it, it really did a number on you. Oh yeah. And how does yeah. that come down? I mean, like you know, outside of feeling you know awkward and 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 being very sensitive to the dark forces in the world, mm -hmm. there was no relief from Jesus. There was it was it was a really strange uh, environment to grow on because first of all when when my grandmother or my great aunt who yeah. I, whom I called my grandmother when my great aunt explains to me that the very tenets of Catholicism and she says look you're gonna go to purgatory no matter what because of original sin that scared the hell out of me I th I said well, do you mean I haven't done anything bad and I'm gonna be inflamed right, right right for how long and she said well a few hundred years and I said really she says yeah yeah a few hundred years so you have to mortify in life to to atone for that and I, I couldn't understand how look there's there's a thing noir how, does how do you start that way you well, know like you start at such a deficit well noir noir has a great thing that says uh the game, the game is rigged, yeah. And the only way to break through is through transgression, right? And I, I and as a kid, I was like, wow, I I really landed on a great dimension, <laughs> yeah. a great planet where yeah. this happens. And I think the the beauty of um, uh, the pageantry of this thing is that it has a component uh, that is very attractive visually, and that is very. It, it seems to hint. A dimensions that are I don't know Jungian or Freudian. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's it's total mysticism. Yeah, that you know, there, and there's hundreds of years of it. Hundreds, yeah. like there's so many, you know, that going back to to Jesus and the pieces and the parts and the relics and I, I never knew there were so many dead popes. No, but uh, and 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 it, it seems eventually like a bad leeway system or a, or a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it eventually yeah. you figure out the game and you go, oh, so is pain now for a world. I may never really get. And also, when you realize now, in retrospect, have, knowing what we know in the real world, that you know this was you know a a, a just sort of a, a, um, a, this uh, what's the word I want? It, it, they, they were all there was so much pedophile, so many pedophiles. Yeah, but the church. Okay. I, I think the church looked for me. What Jesus says makes a lot of sense. Sure, but but uh, the, the, Jesus is the Beatles. Uh, the church is a cover band. It's a really bad cover band on a on a bad bar right. somewhere. No, I get it. I get it. But I'm just I, in terms of moralistically and the structure of it that they were they were hiding these these pedophile priests for so long for what I, what I assume is probably centuries. Yeah, I would say millennia and, yeah. and plus. Yeah, and it was just part of the fabric, the moral fabric of that church that was hiding this the the most egregious and horrible of sins. Well, shy of murder, they're, they're, they're if not worse than murder. They're hiding that. They're hiding um, uh, genocide, uh, right? Appropriation of property. Yes. There's a lot of things that that, and I saw some of it uh, firsthand when I was a kid. I. Uh, my great aunt, yeah. who was who belonged to a very very religious organization, yeah. she gave gave them uh, her house while she was alive. She did a living testament, uh -huh. and they took it. They took it and put her in a in a home. Oh my God! And and I saw that uh, firsthand. And I, I I just think, look, I have very I have great faith in a spiritual dimension. I don't. You have, do? I, I do. I do. I think that it's inescapable. 
that we do have a, a spiritual dimension. Mm. I'm not, but I don't have any faith on an organized religion. Anything that be, that depends on a on a system and a hierarchy and a hive bound yeah. society, I don't have uh, much faith. I have faith in the fact that the 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 universe has uh, a dimension that is interesting, mysterious. I wouldn't say magical. I wouldn't say the proportions of it are human proportions, but there very, is a spiritual. Very dimension. expansive. Very much so. I saw some pictures of uh, you know, like from the Hubble telescope, mm-hmm. where you know you look at all these little dots and they're galaxies. Yes, you can't even wrap your brain around. No, you can't. And and in fact, uh, what is attractive to me from about the guy that wrote the novel, William yeah. Lindsay Gresham, yeah, he became or North. We said we're 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 honoring his uh, search because he is a Stanton yeah. in many, many ways. The writer of the novel. The writer of the novel, basically, Nightmare Alley is a, a kaleidoscope of his brain. Mm. Uh, like, it, you, you feel that it's a, an oblique biography. Yeah. This. And he was a seeker, like Stanton. He symbolizes Stan with the first, uh, with the card of the fool from the tarot. Yeah. And the fool is the seeker. He's looking for, and he the did, tarot card in the tarot card, and, yeah. and 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 Gresham was into occultism, Catholicism. Uh, he was a, a folk singer. He fought in the Spanish Civil War in the Lincoln Brigade. He was into physical culturism, magic, everything. Theosophy. He wasn't, he, of course, yeah. he was curious about Madame Blavatsky and all Blavatsky. that. But he was a, really an interesting guy that wrote Nine Morality to get rid of the image of the geek that was told to him by an old carny in the Spanish Civil War, precisely. So it was a, an, a, a, an effort at exorcism. At, at that, and he really wanted answers. His wife and him were big fans of C.S. Lewis. She married, she left him and married C.S. Lewis. Really? Yeah, if, if you ever saw Shadowlands, yeah. that's the story of his wife. The, the last wife? Yes, yes, the the one that... that, that was the, there... The, well, uh, Joy. The one that died. Yeah. The one he married who had cancer. Yes, exactly. That was Gresham's wife. Huh. And Gresham um, got success from the money of Nightmare Alley, mishandled the money, and ended up, he got uh, cancer and ended up committing suicide in the same room, in the same hotel in New York that he had written Nightmare Alley. And in his pocket, he had a card that read, you'd rather die than face the truth. That he wrote? That he he had it printed, his personal card, one of them, you'd rather die than face the truth. And the other card is, is I, I will leave you to Google it, because he had two personal cards. The other one was retired, no job, no money, blah, blah, and you, you, you should see them. And that card, you rather die than face the truth, is what we said, this is the way we structured the movie. He, he tries to put masks of sophistication, of this, of being charming, because Stan is a maybe. Yeah. It's a maybe. Everybody yeah. says, maybe he'll be nice to me. Yeah. Maybe he'll be like my son. Yeah. And we gave him three mothers, three women, and three fathers. Huh. And said, let's let him lose. And then at the end, he takes all the masks, finds the truth. But see, what's interesting about the way you're structuring this thing, and also about the way that you, you, know, you have uh, uh, talisman-like engagement with so many of the artifacts and pieces that you surround yourself every day, is that you know this... These, I, I don't know if it's a necessity with every film you make, but there is a, a need to draw from all possible sources that are seemingly, you know, 
this parent. But nonetheless involved in order to make this whole. There's an, to get back to Kronos, there's an alchemy involved in your process. 100%. I mean, like, one of the things, look, people say, oh, you must have looked at all the noirs. We didn't. We looked at the noirs that normally people don't look at, the, the ones that are more brutal. Yeah. We, I, I, I went into studying American realist painter, Thomas Hart Benton, Rand Wood, Andrew Wyatt, Edward Hopper, because they were at the cross of a really important moment in America. Yeah where the pastoral ideals that founded the country clash with the industrial urban reality, uh-huh. and it shows that the game is rigged and the have-and-have-nots are basically two entire uh, separate Americans. Uh-huh. And then you have, uh, in that moment, comes a beautiful moment in, in that where you get They Shoot Horses, Don't They, as a book, uh, yeah. Miss Lonely Hearts, Day of the Locust. Yeah. You know, and then all the all the hard-boiled literature of James M. Cain, Chandler, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, yeah. So that all happened in in, in a, 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 a window of time. Yeah, that I, where this in this time is what you were capturing. A but couple there, of you, decades, yeah. But you can see the build up to it. Yes, and also the idea of the the grift, uh, the carnival, the the sort of PT Barnuming of the world. The idea that it's all rigged is that you know there is you know I would say most of American business mm-hmm. in terms of you know there's a sucker born every minute and we're all a bunch of marks. Yes. Uh, you know, it was that that is that is uniquely American and still uniquely. and still honored, still honored. And, and, and if you we just had me, a president, <laughs> I, I would say the the beauty or the horror of what we present is, you know, when the guy says that's a little old timey. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> yeah. carna- the carnival, as we see it in the movie, is the last spotter of that folksy brutality. Yeah, and then we go into the city and is beautiful. But absolutely ruthless, uh-huh. you know, and and I I like that progression into, from one type of hucksterism to another. Well, I think like I think it's sort of fascinating as I listen to you that you know that the the idea that you're going to bring all these parts together to realize this vision and and also to seemingly. Uh, uh, get some peace within yourself somehow, yes, somehow. I, at least intellectual satisfaction but I imagine emotional satisfaction mm-hmm. right well you do it every time that you I mean look if you if you're true to yourself and what you feel yeah and you say this is the movie or this is the story I need to I need to tell right now yeah and, and like uh, and that's why I say success if you're not true to yourself is very disorienting and to take because you live a lie because you can start buying into 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 you can get high on your own supply <laughs> right and also buy into what people think you are exactly and and say oh they expect this of yeah, me yeah, or yeah, that yeah, of yeah, me yeah, yeah. but you say let's let's go another way do you see yourself as a searcher is this part of it yes. as each movie yes. uh, a part uh, a, a, another stone in the the broader understanding of your path well i i believe that when, i believe that you if you're lucky in life uh, at the end of your life if you're really really lucky you understand one or two things no more one or two things somewhat i always say the the most sacred moment the one that is in this movie which is a sacred moment is when you see yourself for who you are and it happens to everyone it can happen in the middle of your life or it can happen at the very end of your life. But believe you me, we all get a moment where we see ourselves for who we are without Have you a had moment. Him? Yes. Yes, I had it. I had it uh, a couple of times. You know, when the reality is pulled from under your feet, uh, the, the first day of the kidnapping of my father was one where I just suddenly 
everything's gone. Everything's gone and everything is changed and I know Is he still around? No, he passed away after Shape of Water, but he came back from the kidnapping. We got him back. Right. right. After seventy two days. Oh. But you 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 are you're 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 pulled apart by violence and then there was a time where I I I had a complete dehydration and I passed out oh. and I almost almost went. Yeah. And I saw not a tunnel of light, nothing. I saw basically the brackets of my life, if that makes sense. I yeah. re- I didn't see them visually. I felt, oh my God, I, I so tiny. I was alive for so so little, and I went, it's okay. Yeah. I went, eh, eh, I guess it's okay. That's, that's the best reaction. I that think. was the reaction. It was like I saw I saw the cosmic proportion of that. I saw the cosmos for like a millisecond, and I went, eh. Yeah. It's okay. Nothing I can do about it. Nothing I can do about it. How about anything? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're here and then we're not. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I I think that's true. You know, because I've I personally experienced some uh, tragedy in my life, yes. and uh, you know, in 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 the form of uh, somebody close to me passing away, mm-hmm. uh, uh, un, in un, in an untimely way. Yes, and then you start to uh, to really think about. Well, it's hard not to get cynical. I I, I imagine mm-hmm. that going. Eh, is the best way yeah. to embrace moving forward, but, as opposed to like, what the fuck is the point of even searching? Yeah, but the, but you see, the thing is, and there's a big difference. This movie, for me, yeah, is it talks about acceptance and not cynicism. It's a brutal reality. It's horrible, and it's all this, but it's choices this guy made, and that's part of the noir. What is beautiful about noir, and the thing that gives it the dimension of tragedy, mm. is that you know when you see the character make the choices, you know inexorably, the the his fate is coming. <laughs> but it's his decisions that are doing it. Yeah. He doesn't see it. He thinks it may be the cards, maybe his education when he was a kid. It's him. Uh-huh. You see him fuck it up. Uh-huh. And, and, and that, that you think that, it, it, in terms of the narrative, is an, ant, an antidote to cynicism? I think what it is, is it tells you, look, look really carefully, and you'll see yourself shaving it. Right, right. If you are really, if you are really somewhat true to talking to yourself, you shape what happens in some degree. You know, John Carl Jung said, and I'm gonna mangle the quote. He yeah. said, "For as long as we keep doing, for as long as we don't make the subconscious conscious, and we keep doing the same thing, we'll stay the same and call it destiny." And it's it's true. Is you see it in operation here. The mystic thing. There's not such a thing as. The tarot card told me, and it's going to happen. But he turns in and says, "I fixed it." <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know yeah, that yeah. that that hubris. But yeah, but that moment you're like, "He's fucked." Yeah, he's completely <laughs> fucked. But you see, <laughs> see, noir. One of the rules. Noir. One of yeah, the rules is yeah. you have to see the character make the decision. Yeah. And 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 the consequence comes from there. That's that's what is beautiful. I uh, I, I think uh, I just wrote this down and we could wrap it up because I, I think there's a lot of nice stuff here. But uh, i was just thinking about True Confessions. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, that, that I think that's as close a noir as I've seen to some of the things you're dealing with. I think so in the sense. Well, it, there are others that are interesting to me. Like I highly recommend uh, one of our favorites is Too Late for Tears with Liz Scott. Yeah, which is just such a discarnate is that a word in English discarnate no like such a raw, raw such a raw noir and, yeah. and and born to kill 
which is really interesting, Robert Wise. Oh, interesting. Like, those are very, very good. What's that Siadmak movie with uh, Lancaster? Which of them? Uh, the the first Lancaster. The, the, you you mean the killer? You mean the killers? Yeah, yeah, the killers. The killers is incredible. Yeah, but uh, but I think uh, it's very well known. I, I like uh, my one of my favorites that I watch all the time that had a profound effect on me was Out of the Past. Yes, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that's that's one of the noirs and caps. Beautiful classic. Yeah, yeah. And Mitchum is always uh, so clearly the antihero for that period, and then you have a. Uh, you know the long goodbye the Robert Altman yeah, yeah, one yeah, with yeah, Elliot yeah. Gould I just watched that again I didn't like it the first time and I like it now I like it more now yeah, yeah. I, I quite I, I love it and it's, Gould is the perfect embodiment of that anti-hero post-Vietnam yeah. dissolution yeah I think so you know and then you have the 80s neo-noirs as you said well I mean I think that now that I think about True Confessions is a neo-noir and it was it Will Ghostbark who did that I can't remember yeah it's, it, it, it's but there's no guy you know, it's the brothers. It's the brothers, and and you have a. For me, one of the great ones is uh, Blood Simple. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one of the great neon wars. Neon wars, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I have. I think that there's a couple like uh, like uh, L.A. Confidential. I think there's t- too many storylines, but I, I I I like it as I get older more. I I I I think it's look. I think it's a quintessentially American uh, genre that yeah. was birthed here. Yeah. Out of that disillusionment is a very existential one. And I, I think it's really good for me. One of the things that cinema yeah. can do beautiful is existentialism. Yeah. It doesn't do it often enough. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and we try to do it with that really expansive world, uh, recreating period beautifully. Well, yeah, you, I mean, yeah. And also, like, when you're dealing with existentialism, like, you know that in your heart. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the, the sort of the trappings of your existentialism are yes. spectacular. Beautiful, yeah. Right. So, so like, at the core of what this is, you know, that moment that you have when you know who you are. Yes. Uh, great. That, but that's that, not you, a movie. You, you, get, you get there <laughs> through cinematic uh, devices. Right. But it's the same as the violence or the sex or the psychosexual stuff. Uh, if if I just did uh, a beautiful movie, then that's what it is. It's almost a decorative piece. Yeah, no. Of but when right. you have the violence, you have all the inner brutality and yeah. the human ruthlessness. Mm. Then that that makes for me for a complete yeah. uh, complete meal. Is the umami yeah. of brutality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yes. Well, well, congratulations on uh, once again uh, completing the circle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. And uh, and and what uh, what what what's what's uh, what's on the uh, on the whiteboard right now outside of the you know the Lon Chaney model? Or well, the... I'm doing that. I'm doing. Uh, I did research in the past uh, for the Napoleonic era for a, mo- a, a version I wrote of Beauty and the Beast for Warner's, and now I'm setting up the next project is set during that period, and I gotta go back to my books mm. over Christmas and annotate. A couple of little bat- uh, military skirmishes and things ah. like that, and then uh, you know if I solve that, I'll announce what it is. But it's it's a nice, it's gonna necessitate a little a little uh, careful research during mm. the holidays. And you love that. I love I love research. Yeah, and I, Pinocchio's out or it's not Pinocchio out? is shooting has been shooting for a while. Mm. We are in minute sixty of about ninety ninety five. Yeah. And how are you approaching this differently? Well, it's uh, it's set during the rise of Mussolini in fascist Italy. Oh, so here's the fascist movie. <laughs> okay. And, and and what it is is uh, the only the the puppet 
doesn't understand why humans act like puppets. <laughs> and they and the hum, and the humans don't understand why the puppet acts like a human. Uh, right, but they, and they hate the puppet. Well, you'll see. Okay. And 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 is the origin of Pinocchio is so moving in this version. I came up with an idea that I think is very essential to what he is. Oh, good. So it's a very it's a different sort of uh, reformulation of the myth, based more specifically on the original. Well, based more specifically on some strands of the original, but very much is a fable. Mm. That I, that I, I mean, look, for me, the two great stories of my childhood, and I know this sounds very sad, are Pinocchio and Frankenstein, because they're the same story, mm. different versions of the same story of the man-made monsters who, who, who are thrown into the world hearts broke. to figure it out. Yeah. 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 And they're, they're totally sympathetic. Characters. Yeah. To me, they are. Yeah. No, no. I, I, and I one of, one of the things I never liked about Pinocchio is that, uh, it says that, uh, if you, your, your reward for being good and conforming to societies, you become a real human being. And I, I thought, I don't want that. <laughs> let's see if I can, let's see if we can reformulate that one. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it was certainly an honor talking to you, my friend. Same here, Mark. Well, I, I'm excited for people to see the movie. Me too. All right, buddy. Me too, man. Have a good one. You too. There you go. How was that? What a great talk. What a great guy. Nightmare Alley is in theaters now, and uh, I was just thinking about it. Yeah, I think I got to make some amendses. But here's three chords and then maybe a fourth that I've played before, but I play again in a slightly different way. and La Fonda, cat angels everywhere. Hey! 
Hey, look, I'm sure you take a lot of vitamins. Maybe you take a daily multivitamin. Maybe you take ones to boost your immunity or ones to help with alertness. What about your cells? Are you giving your cells the full nutrition they need, especially as we age? I am, thanks to Solgar. Solgar is part of my daily routine, thanks to their cellular nutrition line. Give yourself a daily collection of nutrients designed to help fight cellular decline and promote cell health. Visit CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more and use promo code Mark Marin, all one word, to get 20% off.